the eagity. Now it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. Yeah! That wasn't bad. Thanks for that. It was all right. Yeah. It worked. It worked. Uh, I still like the. Uh, the, the horse in the background of the other one, I can't find it right now. Oh, well. All right, so council around the three-hour meeting last night, Chris. Jeez. Woo-hoo! They have had some long yeah, meetings last night. Small important issues. Uh, yeah, it's the three, WMA, two and a half, and three. It's the WMAY morning news feed and the council roundup brought to you by Head West Sub Stop. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Thanks so much for sponsoring the council roundup each and every Wednesday. Programming note, no council roundup next Wednesday. Thank God. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's going to be a long night, election night. Uh, they went ahead and decided early to reschedule Tuesday's meeting next week to Wednesday. So we'll actually have the council roundup on a Thursday yeah, next they week. they usually do that anyway. That's, that's they have, but it. they haven't. Sometimes they, they you know have the meeting and they're like, let's get out of here quick. It's election night. Uh, but this being the general election, it's a big deal. This is for all the marbles, so um, they're they're taking the day off, and they'll do it uh, next Wednesday. But last night, three-hour meeting, uh, and there was a lot that they covered. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the animal control problems that there are with some advocates addressing the city. They still don't have a contract there. We'll talk about COVID-19 and its impacts. Uh, we'll also cover shot spotter technology uh, with the uh, Springfield Police Chief, given some pretty alarming numbers quite frankly chris so we'll look forward to that uh but starting off they talked about the um situation with people experiencing homelessness in downtown springfield and how exactly they're going to go about uh, solving the problem especially as what we've got snow in the forecasts and cold temperatures and whatnot uh here's an ordinance that they debated last night 2020 447 an ordinance authorizing execution of a subsequent agreement number 18-sr-0011 with the authorizing payment to the Salvation Army for operating an emergency shelter day center and coordinated services for the unsheltered homeless from November 1st, 2020 through March 31st, 2021, utilizing Community Development Grant Block Grant Cares Act funds in an amount not to exceed $275,000. So $275,000 for the Salvation Army. Um, the mayor talking uh, after a lot of conversation about uh, all the other funding they're getting and how the city's doing financially with COVID-19. And uh, we do have, we were awarded over $700,000. We're going to have a public hearing uh, next week with regards to that. So we could do the full amount with CARES Act. But if that's not the preference of the count or the council, then we can uh, use regular CDBG funds. Um, or the other option, of course, is through uh, the corporate fund. Bottom line is, everybody knows, everybody says they support the street homeless. We're going to have to do something so uh, we can pick and choose which bucket we uh, want to take it from, but we definitely need to pick a bucket. Although so we're, we're picking a quarter of a million bucket right here. Is that mm -hmm. correct, Mayor? Okay. Correct. Now, the Salvation Army was there last night. Uh, here's a representative. But I think the beauty of having the Salvation Army as part of this is it builds in program. I mean, we, we housed people last year. We're going to house people this year. We've got the COC on our side. We're going to house people. We're going to get... It, I think it's unrealistic to think that we'll have this fixed by March 31st, but I, I 
do know that we'll be in a better place at the end than we are now. And, and with the COC's help, and there, I know I've got Fifth Street Renaissance coming in, Washington Street Mission, they're going to be coming in to offer services. So this is a coordinated effort, Chris. Yeah. Uh, it's not just the Salvation Army. they got services all over the place coming in to help with that. Uh, we'll hear more uh, about uh, just how big of an impact this is going to be coming up later, but the mayor again talking about how they're going to deal with this. But if you want to change homelessness, I don't care if it's Springfield, Illinois, or any city within our country. It's my opinion, because I've, uh, I used to do CRA for the banking industry, community reinvestment, for those of you who might not know, that's when banks used to be discriminating against low-income areas of our community, or any community, drawing red lines around it, and they brought in people to develop programs. They put people that the community trusted to carry out those programs. That's what the bank selected me to do. And he said that uh, they have to address the uh, people experiencing homelessness because, quite frankly, they're constituents. Yeah. The street homeless are our customers. We should be taking care of them as much as possible. Salvation Army is going to provide that menu for the next five months, 24-7. We will have that continuous assessment on a daily basis for people that are there. So this was last night at the Committee of the Whole, where they bring up ordinances and decide whether they're going to put them on consent, whether they're not controversial, or they're going to put them on debate. This one's on debate. We'll hear some aldermen on their reaction, and I think really uh, there seems to be a consensus among some that uh, they just didn't get enough information about this up front, and they wanted more of that. So we'll hear that coming up. 717, time brought to you by Culver's West on Wabash. Grab some delicious crispy pretzel bites with Wisconsin cheddar cheese sauce. At Culver's West on Wabash. We're hearing about a quarter of a million dollars uh, being offered up at the Salvation Army to help with uh, the homeless population in Springfield. And Alderwoman Conley uh, has spoken out uh, about homeless issues and the importance of addressing it properly. Uh, but she has some concerns here with just that, you know, this is a kind of a last minute plan. It's from last night's Committee of the Whole. I'm tired of putting band aids on what is a gaping wound in our community. We're talking about a population that's extraordinarily vulnerable. And this is not October 27th coming in with Salvation Army again stepping up for us. This is not a long-term sustainable plan, and it's not news to us. Alderwoman Turner also chiming in. Just recognize that six months from now, if the funding for this program is through the Phase 2 CARES funding, that money still may not be out the door. And so you, you just need to under, understand that because that's the situation that we have now. We have. Yeah, there's a lot of money that could be uh, coming if there's another aid package. But there's a lot of money that's on the table still. Uh, and I believe some of that has actually been paid out to Springfield. We'll get an update on that from Mayor Jim Langfelder in a moment. But the Salvation Army sounding off on some of the concerns that have been raised about this kind of being last minute. It, the other thing that I worry about is when we get COVID in the shelter, it's going to take more staff. It's, uh, there's so many unknowns in this, and that's why it, it is high. I hope that at the end of the season it's not that high. Um, but with, all, with everything, I, I just think we could have a, a real mess on our hands. Now, Alderman Donilon, uh, he likes this idea, but he didn't like how last minute it was. If they have a cash flow in... If, uh... Oh, that's the mayor. Uh, mayor says the city's going to be just fine, Chris. <laughs> Jumped over a bite here. If they have a cash flow in, uh, uh, problem, we're going to take care of it. You know why? We received $3 million just this week from the CARES Act reimbursement to the city money. that nobody thought we'd get. We did get it. 
the $4.8 million. They got the $4.8 million. All thanks of it. to our efforts in tightening our belts and thanks to our efforts to put the corporate fund in the best shape it's ever been, we were able to make our way through this pandemic a lot better than other communities. And uh, that's because we worked hard at it. So uh, it's good news. The city was the most uh, had the most requests for that money from the federal government that the state was holding on to. Uh, and they got three, four million dollars of it so far. I don't know if they got the entirety, but yeah, uh, four point eight so- is what they could get. And they got at least four point two from what I understand. Yeah, it sounded like he got the whole thing. I hate to hear him say, though, we've made it through the pandemic, you know, or yeah, whatever. That's, uh, there's, well, especially there's if we're facing more uh, shutdowns of indoor yeah. dining and, and yeah. bars, that's going to cut down on revenue for the city yeah, that again. That happen as early as Monday. Yep. Um, again, here's Alderman Donnellan. Uh, he's wanting more input. He's wanting the alder people to provide more input. Projects like this, um, it's extreme. Let's, just, let's be honest about it. It's October 27th, Captain. We have no choice. But to pass this ordinance, we have no choice. But projects of this magnitude and issues of this magnitude, we all need to be briefed on the development as we're moving along. And it might have been moving very fastly. I, I don't doubt that. But we want to be champions of things of like, like this. I hear a lot of questions around this, uh, around this horseshoe this evening that should have been asked you know, a month or two ago. A lot of those questions were being asked, uh, and they've had conversations about uh, the homeless issue for uh, for months now. Yeah. Uh, Tent City uh, was a real big issue over the summer, and as the fall months were coming, they're like, it's going to get colder out. We need to start talking sure. about this. So they've had those conversations. Well, yeah, and before that, of course, the, the all-in-one service center yeah. that was proposed for 11th Street. Like 99% almost there and then it just fell apart right uh and a lot of those um uh, groups are coming together for this operation too uh here's alderman hanauer there's just no way that that cares fund's gonna be quick enough it's federal government and they're slower than the state well i mean let's be real yeah well let's understand something really quick here federal government passed that initial uh cures money um <laughs> back in like april Yep. All right. They released five plus billion dollars to the state. Yep. Four billion went to sh- Chicago and Cook County directly. The rest of it was held by the state for months. For right. months. Right. We're just now getting that money. It's it's October twenty eighth, and this week the city of Springfield finally got four. You know the 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 majority of its four point eight million dollars. So it wasn't the, the federal government that was slow in getting the money out. It was the state that was slow in getting the money out. So I think that uh, any future federal funds is probably going to have some um, strings attached to get the money out quicker. Uh, at least that's something that Congressman Davis has told us about uh, when you know they go to pass a new stimulus plan. Uh, they want those dollars to go directly to the uh, locals and not have the state as the intermediary. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I well, okay, we, we can talk about that later <laughs> if we're getting away, yeah. off, the, off the subject here on the federal funding. But it's like I, I just don't see anything happening. Oh, you know, not, if, not, if Trump not until loses, after the election. Yeah, if, and if Trump loses, I don't see anything happening until Biden gets— You think he'll take his ball and go home if he loses? Yep. So, oh, okay. All right. Well, here's Alderman McMiniman, though, I think putting a nice cap on what they were talking about last night with a quarter of a million dollars going to the Salvation Army to help with the homeless population. What we're seeing here tonight is the best emergency shelter the city's ever put together. We're going to have 10 times the space as what we had last year. 10 times the space. We're going to open it one month early, earlier than last year. We've got uh, programming um, coming in that we did not have last year. 
it's 24 hours. We're not throwing people out into the elements at 8 or 9 a.m. like we had to last year. We've got coordination of effort, which we did not have last year, meaning we're bringing in Washington Street Mission, we're bringing in Fifth Street and some others. So there's a lot of positives here. I think the, the, the city should take a lot of credit for what we're, we're taking on and what we're providing for continually changing circumstances and facts. So it's a big deal. It really is. And if uh, they get this together next week and approve it finally, uh, then they'll get that going and we'll get to, uh, to ensure that dozens of uh, those who don't have a home right now. Yeah, it's a great point, too, too that to Miniman brings up in that. You know, the changes, the, the facts are changing with all yeah. of this. You know? 24-hour facility. Nobody's going to be pushed out uh, throughout the day. There'll be wraparound services available. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, that was just one ordinance they debated for uh, well over an hour last night. Uh, they talked about that new restaurant that's getting TIF dollars, but it also had some crowdfunding. We're actually going to skip over that because I do want to get to uh, Police Chief Kenny Winslow talking about the spot shotter technology because there's some really compelling audio there. So stay tuned. It's on the way here with the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Substop. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. do want to mention the restaurant that's going to be getting a uh, million dollars in TIF money. Uh, and that's the uh, the public market, I think is what it's called, down there on uh, Adams. Is that right? It's going to have like a rooftop and uh, yeah. a bar area and stuff like that. Uh, well, they talked about that last night, a lot of excitement about it, uh, but uh, they also talked about how you know they have this crowdfunding campaign where people in Springfield can invest in this operation and actually uh, possibly get a return on their investments. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but here is Alderman Redpath and the developer talking about uh, well, what makes this place kind of unique from other places that are trying to get liquor licenses and whatnot. Alderman Redpath? You know, this is really unusual because usually people come in here to get a liquor license and just because they want video poker machines. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's pretty strange. So that makes makes me feel better about your plan. You've worked it out that you, uh, you understand what's going on. You don't have to depend on video poker to do it. And it's... Uh, Seriously, we every time we get a liquor license, they're all looking for the video poker machine. I, I think we've tapped you can into speak that. into the mic, sir. I, I think we've mic. tapped into that, sir. That uh, there's a there's a an ex surprisingly large demand for more upscale dining and food and beverage yeah. than than you realize, and we've we've been swamped with that kind of excitement and that. That's hard to take as a developer, you know. People love what we're doing. That's it. Really pleased that you, you chose the spot you did. We need we need a help down there, and it's gonna it's gonna probably be successful. Good luck. I love yes, it. I th I, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, you know being able to take the wife out to a nice, calm, peaceful setting, professional service, delicious food. And if, if that comes together like that, thumbs up. They'll get my business. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear the council too. You know, the, the welcoming with open arms. Yes, like that. you know, it doesn't it, always happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't, and it depends on the plan as well uh, that's presented, and whether or not it's local people, and or if it's an outside firm, and so on. Well, let's get into a serious topic here. Um, that, uh, quite frankly, when I heard these numbers, I about uh, spit my coffee out, Chris. Last night, uh, Kenny Winslow, Springfield Police Chief, updated the older people about spot shotter technology. What spot shotter? Shot spotter, rather. <laughs> yeah. Shot spotter technology is microphones set up throughout the area that are able to detect gunshots. And the technology is so good that it can differentiate between fireworks and gunshots or the backfire of a car and gunshots. And uh, I tell you, um, 
when he started talking about all the numbers that uh, they're able to derive from the spot shotter technology, it, it blew me away. Here he is talking about uh, some of those numbers. Uh, we've had 654 shot spotter alerts. 619 of those do not have matching calls for service. Think about that. They've only had yeah. this technology since March. Yeah. Since March, Chris. 654 with 619 being ignored. You know, uh, we've had 654 shot spotter alerts. 619 of those do not have matching calls for service. What, what does that mean? That means we're getting called about 5.4% of the time from our community. That's amazing. That is amazing. You've got shots being fired. <laughs> More than 600 shots being fired, Chris, that aren't getting reported by a phone call, but instead by ShotSpotter. It's so sad. It, it really is sad. I mean, it, what that shows to me is that that people we need more so community engagement. To, yeah, we people have gotten so used to gunfire in that area where the spotter yeah. technology is that they just don't. It's Listen, just yeah. it's no big deal. This is just a tool. It's it's a tool like any other tool that they have at their expo- disposal. This is just a tool, and it's not something that's going to get people to call in and say, "Hey, there's a shooting that happened outside." Sure. It points us to where the shots came from, and while it provides information and data for us to respond, as well as investigatory leads, et cetera, it can't tell me who shot the gun. It can't tell me a description of the suspects. It can't tell me a description of the vehicle. Pretty important stuff there. Uh, More data he provided last night. Uh, We've had six high-capacity weapon alerts and 15 alerts that involve multiple shooters. And here's an example of each of those in order. You can hear the car in the background where they're driving and shooting. That's two cars shooting at each other. Holy cow, dude. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. You got to get out of Divernon a little once in a while because I've heard a lot of that in my mid neighborhood. I I hear that on a Saturday afternoon because there's a shooting range right down the street from me. Um, We've got a sportsman's club in the area, so they're 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 you know doing their uh, range time and getting their practice in for uh, target practice and whatnot with their rifles. But yeah, I couldn't imagine hearing that in a densely populated area. Yeah, it's not just five in the morning. It's not just some kids shooting off once. There were, I mean, listen to that again. Uh, that's just incredible. Go ahead, play it. You can do it. Having a shooting. That's two cars. Yeah, it sounds like somebody playing drums or something. I, I, yeah. But but again, six hundred and nineteen. Yep. Incidences since not March. reported since, since March. March. Not reported. Only <laughs> forty-five reported. All right. Here's more data. No, thirty-five. This, this will blow your mind as well. Every six hours, someone shoots a gun approximately three times in one of our located areas. What? That's four incidents per day for a total of thirteen shots per day on average. My sweet dear lord. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen shots per day on average that they're able to pick up here. This shows you that sixty-nine percent of all shots fired incidents occurred between seven p.m. and four a.m. Additionally, if you break it down further, 56% of those shots fired calls occur on Saturdays, Sundays, and Tuesdays. Additionally, if you break it down even further, you'll see between 9 o'clock and 3 o'clock on those dates, that's 52% of our calls for service. Why is this valuable? This helps us with resource deployment. This helps us to know that if we have extra bodies, where we need to put them at, when we need to put them out there. That's pretty incredible. Uh, and an example of how this works in, in detective work. 
They were here, we had signed the paperwork, they were doing the install. We had a homicide over the 2200 block of Spruce Street. Detective, just on whim, called Shotspotter and said, hey, would you happen to pick anything up by chance? They did. Uh, and what they did is they basically were able to pinpoint the exact location where the shooting occurred from, the exact time it occurred, and this proved to be very crucial for our detectives when we were putting together a timeline and investigating this call. Ultimately, this information helped us get a warrant for the arrest of the suspect. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. At first, I was kind of uh, critical of ShotSpotter, just thinking of, you know, Big Brother type thing where, uh, you know, they're going to have microphones all over the place on the sidewalks and on these lights and whatnot. But uh, hearing the the data that comes out, it's it's pretty incredible. It is. Um, so be thinking about that and also encourage people to call police. All right. Um, Finally here, we're not going to be able to get to uh, the conversation about um, the animal control situation. Uh, Maybe we'll talk about that at a later date uh, and actually get to some of the issues there. But COVID-19 is very much in the minds of Alder people. Here's uh, Alderwoman DeCenso. Sangamon County hit 8% positivity rate today. Two more days of that means we are facing additional mitigations. Um, That's huge. As of today, seven out of the 11 regions of the state of Illinois are under additional mitigations. We're obviously going in the wrong direction. Yeah, going in the wrong direction. Um, If we face additional mitigations, it's going to be 25 people or less in this room. Because there were 50 there last night. Here's Alderman Redpath. Chief, I I attended a meeting yesterday of about 250 bar and restaurant owners at uh, Panther Creek, and the topic of discussion was COVID and the possible shutdown. A lot of people. Um, There was some concern and some questions directed at Public Health Director uh, Gail O'Neill about uh, how we are calculating that. And some of that we talked about earlier, Chris, about, uh, you know, are they they counting one person who tests twice as two tests or just one person? Uh, And even the mayor raised that as a question and uh, raised some concerns. Uh, more from Alderman Redpath. We all had masks on. Yeah. Thank you. And we social distanced. <laughs> right. Sounds like a lot of people, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I wasn't there. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, but of importance, uh, Chief Riney, the fire department, uh, he, he laid it out there. There is no doubt that the biggest source of spreading are people that are that know each other that are too comfortable. Right. People showing up back, backyard barbecues and things like that. If you don't know each other, generally people are staying away from each other. Again, why are we targeting restaurants and bars? Yes. I... <laughs> Even the fire chief's like, listen, it's... It's private gatherings, backyard right. barbecues, basement parties. Just need more education. People need to know um, where this is happening. And if they're told that restaurants and bars are being impacted and they're not going to go to restaurants and bars, they're going to have friends over instead. Yeah. And but, it's going to cause some spread. But, I, but as far as the private gatherings, I don't think there's more education that's needed. People just don't care. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, but, I'm, and I'm that's because you look that. at the rate. of people under the age of what, like 50 or 60 survive? Right. And it's 99.92% of people under 60 that survive? Or, yeah, again, I don't know the exact rate, but it's still the survivability of this is almost 100%. (laughs) Under Uh. 60. 
All right, stay tuned. Um, we got uh, Gary Reinbold joining us after 8 o'clock. It's that statistician we talked to months ago, Chris. We'll get updates on his numbers and what he's looking at uh, just after 8 o'clock. So stay tuned. That's here with the WMAY Morning News Feed. Again, thanks to Head West Substop for sponsoring the Council Roundup each and every Parks. weekday here with the WMAY News Feed.